All right, so welcome again to the parents. Welcome, students. I know tonight we have quite a few um, visitors, so a special welcome to all of you guys tonight. And um, this is what we're going to do tonight. We're going to start off by just looking back at God's faithfulness this past summer. This summer has been a crazy summer. It was super busy. Um, but we saw God do some pretty amazing things. So first thing that we saw was we had around almost 100 students serve at SKSK, um, which I don't know if you guys have kids that come to SKSK, but this place was absolutely packed with kids and students. You guys, you came and you served and you served faithfully. So that was awesome to see. We also, the day after, yeah, you can clap for that. That's, that's good. Yeah. The day after SKSK, 21 of us um, got on a plane and headed to Costa Rica for the first time on a mission trip there. Um, and again, we spent a week there and we did VBS twice, one in the morning, one in the afternoon. And then at night we did um, a teen, like a teen night, like a surge. We took it there. So we saw God do some amazing things there. And one of the cool things is we saw God break the hearts of some of our team members for a bigger heart for missions, which is absolutely amazing. That's the purpose of these transformational trips that we do. Then we took 27 students and some of you, some of you parents went on the mountain trip, which was awesome. That's that transfer. What's the right word? Going from children's ministry to student ministry um, that um, Caden and Keelan lead. And then we have summer camp. We took 216 of you guys to summer camp. And this is what I'm going to say about summer camp. I'm not going to say anything about summer camp. I want to show you guys the recap video that some of you guys have been waiting for for a very long time. So this will sum up summer camp for us right here. the biggest hindrance to your life in Christ, the thing that you feel is the scariest thing you're facing, your biggest fear, your biggest insecurity, the biggest challenge you're facing, all those things we wrote down last night, he can use all of those things, every single one of them as a testimony to his glory and his power at work in your life, because his strength is made perfect in your weakness.
what Satan means to destroy you with, can God take that and turn it into your victory because of the cross of Christ? That victory was won for you by Jesus on the cross, and it is finished. Yeah, so we, God did some amazing things through summer camp. So thank you, parents, for allowing your, your child to go to summer camp. Leaders, thank you for serving a week at summer camp. Um, and we get to celebrate some baptisms here in a few minutes as a result of that as well. And then we went to Camp Barnabas. We had 21 students go to Camp Barnabas. We even had two of our previous students that graduated last year spend the whole summer at Camp Barnabas, which is really cool. But we heard some amazing stories about what God did where it really talk about get out of your comfort zone and you must rely on the spirit of God to help you get through that week. We saw students just absolutely just depend on on Christ for that week, which was really cool. And then we we ended our summer with a middle school mission XP. And the only thing I got from that is this right here. Um, that's what happens when a 43 year old tries to play kickball with middle schoolers. Um, but it was a joy to see middle schoolers go into our community, Topeka and serve and, and take the initiative and see a need and go and meet a need. So we saw over 200 of our students and leaders serve this, this year, this summer through SKSK, Costa Rica, Camp Barnabas or the middle school mission XP, which is amazing. That is really cool. So what I want to do now is I want to look at one verse in Acts chapter 1. It's a verse that maybe you've, you've saw before, um, starting uh, just verse 8, and it says this. But you, um, this is Jesus speaking, to kind of give you some context. This is Jesus speaking right before he, he ascended back into heaven. So at this point, he died, he was resurrected, he appeared, he hung out for 40 more days. And then this is right before he ascended back into heaven. So this is kind of Luke's version of the Great Commission. You know, we got Matthew's version, there's Mark's version. This is kind of Luke, because Luke is the one who wrote the book of Acts. It says this, but you will receive power. He's talking to his disciples. When the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. So what I want to do is kind of break this down for you. Um, and just spend maybe five or ten minutes looking at this one verse. And the first thing we'll look at is the word but. Because this comes on the heels of Jesus telling his disciples that they're not going to know when the end will come. When the end of the world will come. When Jesus will return again. And they're all concerned about that. When are you going to come back? When is the end happening? And Jesus is like, it's up to the Father. But, but, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And Jesus talked about this in the, in the book of John, that the Holy Spirit was coming. And it's important to understand that Jesus was not send, sending them to go and do this by themselves, that they were going to receive this power. And that word power is, is the, the Greek word dunamis, which is where we get the word dynamite from. It's not like power. It's like power. It's like really power. So when Jesus sends his 12 out to really change the world, he's like, no, you you can't do this on your own, but there's someone coming and the Holy Spirit is not an it. It is a person. It is, it is the God. And Jesus says the Holy Spirit will come and he will live inside of you 
Like when I was here, like I would go away for a while and, and, and spend some time praying. You were wondering where's Jesus at? And one day I came walking on the, on the water and you was like, who is that? It's a ghost. No, it's Jesus. Like I would kind of go away because I need a break from you 12 because you guys are driving me crazy. But no, 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 Jesus says the Holy Spirit will come and he will be with you always, which is really good news. It says by this, you will have this authority to do what he did and, and say what he said. And the Holy Spirit did come. If you read the very next chapter of Acts, Pentecost happens and the Holy Spirit comes and empowers these 12. And the good news is if you are a believer, that same Holy Spirit that was with those 12 lives inside of us as well. And we also have this power in students. Look at me. You are called to go. As Matthew says, to go and make disciples of all nations. You are called to go and do this. To go into these places and be his witnesses, which is the next thing that we're going to look at. It says, you will be my witnesses. The disciples were sent to tell of what he, they have seen and heard. And because part of their mission was to teach them to obey everything that Jesus commanded, which is found in Matthew, the Great Commission. It has been essential to pass down the great commission to each new generation of Christians. And we are called to do the same thing as believers. All Christians are considered themselves sent to witness. See, it's easy for us to do this on these little mission trips that we do. Costa Rica or Camp Barnabas or Mystical XP or, or even SKSK. But we're called to do this on a daily basis, not just one week out of the year. And then finally, he says this. You be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria to the ends of the earth. And um, from this, we understand that we are called to witness to the gospel in our immediate surroundings. And what I'm going to do is take some freedom to kind of use these four areas to talk about four different areas in our own lives. So Jerusalem. Jerusalem was a place of worship. So... How can we, students, be a witness here at Surge? And what I'm asking you guys to do, not just for this one week, but for this year, is that you will invite your friends who don't go to church to come and be a part of Surge. I'm not asking you to invite your friends who, tend, who attends a different church to come be a part of Surge. But I'm asking you, your friends, because you guys all have friends. I know you do, who don't attend church, who are unchurched, who don't know Christ. I'm asking you to simply invite them to be a part of our Jerusalem where we come and we worship. The next thing is, is Judea. And this is the surrounding area. So my question to you is this. How can you be a witness in Topeka? Or how can you be a witness in your schools that you go to on a daily basis? And the word here is invest. We want you to invest in these friendships. I'm not saying be best friends because you got to be careful with, with that with non-believers. But how can you be intentional about investing in these people's lives who don't know Christ? So that when you do invite them, they'll be more likely to accept the invitation than not. So how can you invest in the lives of people? And it's small things that we can do. It's being nice to people. It's not gossiping about people. It's asking them, how are you doing? How's your day? It's smiling. It's all these things that we can do to invest. And the next area is, is Samaria. 
Let me explain this, because Jews back in this time, they hated the the Samaritans. They couldn't stand the Samaritans. Actually, when they would go from, like, when, when, when they would need to pass through Samaria, a lot of times they would go way out of their way, go around the mountain so they wouldn't have to go through Samaria because they could not stand the Samaritans. So the question, and these are the people that you would rather bypass than actually come in contact with. And the parents, even for us, this is, this is different for all of us. For some of you, this is the homeless. Like you, you've been by Chick-fil-A and you saw the homeless guy there. You're like, don't look at him. Don't make eye contact. Just keep focus on the road. But you know, they're there. Some of you, that's the homeless. Some of you, it could, it could be the sped kids. Like you just don't know what to do with those. So for you, it, I don't know what it is for you. Who are those people in your life that you come in contact with that's, that's around you that you would rather just kind of bypass? Jesus doesn't call us to do that. He calls us to those people. And the last one is this. So who would you rather walk around so that you don't have to be around them? And then the last one is to the ends of the earth. And that's just pr- pretty much everywhere else, the rest of the world. And here's my question. is like, where might God be calling you? You know, we, we, we are doing these mission trips and God may be calling you on these trips, but he may not be calling you on any, any of these trips. See, my hope and prayer next year for Camp Barnabas that we will have like 60 or 70 students go to Camp Barnabas. Because that is a transformational trip. I've seen what God can do through that trip. My hope and prayer is that when we go back to Costa Rica, that we'll have maybe 25 or 30 go to Costa Rica. Because that's a great introductory trip to missions and to kind of introduce you to, to international missions. It's not a very hard trip, but it kind of gets your feet wet about for missions. I, I heard a, um, there's a church in North Carolina that, ha- that has this saying that I love. And it's this right here. Place your yes on the table and allow God to put it on the map. Think about that. Place your yes on the table and allow God to put it on the map. Because we're called to go. So place your yes. Say, God, I will go where you want me to go. And that's a very hard and bold prayer to pray. And allow God to show you where it is that he wants you to go and be a part of. So last week, students, if you came to, the, to our worship night, we challenged you guys to pray for two people in your life. Two people in your life who does not know Christ because we believe that prayer is the most that we can do. And we, we had this little um, prayer or, or kind of initiative on the, on the screen where we ask you to give, uh, ask Jesus to give you a deeper love for your family and friends and community. And here's two specific people that you can um, do a better job at loving and praying for and take some time to pray for those people. And hopefully you've been praying for those people. So here's our challenge. We want you guys to invest and invite. Invest and invite. Use your Judea, your schools and Topeka and the places that you go to invest so that when you do invite, they may say yes. So who are your two? We're asking every single student here and parents, you even know students. Who can you invite to next week? Because I'm telling you next week is going to be the easiest invite that you'll ha- ever have for search. Because we're having inflatables, we're having pineapple dream, we're going to have food, it's going to be worship and message, it's going to be all that stuff as well. But it's going to be, this is what we call an outreach event. Where our main goal next week is to get people here, I will proclaim, I will share the gospel with them during the message. And hopefully people will say yes to Jesus next week. 
So what can you do to invite people? And I'm going to challenge you at least two people, students, two people next week to invite them to be a part. Do whatever it takes to get them here. You can tell them, hey, you want to go get some pineapple dream? But don't take them there. Take them here because pineapple dream's here. They will say yes to your invitation if you ask them that. Okay. So we will finish with this. Romans 10, 13 says this. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. And I believe that. Now, sometimes when I hear things like this, it's like, oh, no, no, no. But you don't know my, my friend or my family member or this person or this person. Like, they're too much. I mean, I don't think God could ever save them. Paul wrote this. And if you come back next week, we won't look at Paul and his conversion story, which is crazy. But Paul was somebody who killed Christians, guys. And he became a believer. And his life was instantly changed as a result. And he says that everyone... Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. And I believe that. So your friend will be saved if they call on the name of the Lord. So let's, let's, let's do something with this. Let's see how well you guys are, if you're awake. Are you awake back there? Are you good? Okay, good. So when I point at you, I want you guys to shout out everyone. All right, let's practice. All right. Okay. So who can be saved? Everyone. everyone. The church is for everyone. The church is for everyone. Like everyone? Well, what, about, what about that kid who does drugs or, or goes parties at, at, on, on the weekend? Everyone. everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. What about, my, what about my friend who just hates church or he hates God or he, he's an atheist? Everyone, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. What about this jerk at school who nobody likes because he's just mean and he, he bullies people? Everyone. everyone. Guys, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Everyone, every single teenager that you know is eligible for God's life-changing grace and love. And I love the very next two verses of this passage. He says this, Paul says, or, yeah, Paul says, how then, how will they call on him whom they have not believed? And, and how are they to believe in him whom they have never heard? And how will they hear without someone preaching? And how are they to preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good News. That's you. You are sent. I am sending, sending you right now in the name of Jesus to go to your schools, to your community, to your neighbors and preach the good news. I don't want you to look at the next nine months as this trial I have to go to school. Oh my gosh, I have to write this paper. I have to take this test. I have to go to practice. But instead, I want you to view the next nine months as this mission opportunity. I am asking you to go and be what God has called you to be. Many of you spent the summer in one capacity or another serving. And it's easy to do that here, right? It's easy to do that in Costa Rica or the Middle School Mission of XP or Kent Barnabas or whatever it is. But what about your Jerusalem? What about your Judea? What about your Samaria? Who are two people that you can invite to be a part of Surge next week for a fall kickoff? Post it on social media if you have social media. But get them here.
who are two people that you don't know or two people that you know that don't go to church. Maybe it's someone that maybe they used to come to church, but they haven't come in a while. But above everything else, sure, we want you to invite them. We want you to post about it. We want you to do whatever it takes. But above everything else, we want you to pray. Because we as a church believe that prayer is the most we can do. We can have a great time. We can, we can get people here, right? But we got to pray that the Holy Spirit would come and just fill this place and convict hearts and save souls. Because our mission is to help every student find and follow Jesus Christ. That's why we do Surge. If you don't know Christ, we want you to find Christ. If you do know Christ, we want to help you follow Christ and go deeper in your understanding of your faith. So that's it. Are you guys up for the challenge? Are you guys up for it? The last time I asked that question was, I think it was 2018. I did a very, uh, very similar type commission. And I asked the students, are you willing to take the challenge? And they did. And for fall kickoff, we had almost 500 students in this room. It can happen. And I, <clears throat> that same year, I threw up on the screen this, this diagram of all the schools in Topeka and, and the teenagers in Topeka. Guys, there's over 20,000 in my estimate, over 20,000 teenagers who don't attend church that lives in Topeka. They're there. How will they know unless, there's, unless someone preaches to them? How will they preach unless they are sent? I am sending you to do that. Will you pray with me? Jesus, thank you so much. Thank you for these students who are here in this room. Thank you for just your presence, Holy Spirit, and, and being in this place And God, it's my prayer that as we leave this space tonight and as we go back into our schools tomorrow, that we will be intentional to invest in the lives of those people around us and that we would send the invitation. And God, I pray that they will say yes. And God, I'll go ahead and pray for next week that you just move, that your spirit will convict hearts of students who don't know you. And we pray this in your name, Jesus, because it's only by your power that we can do this. Amen.